What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're about to break down USC 290, card of the year, some people talking, fights of the year, KO of the year, sub of the year. It has a lot of accolades right now. But boy, let's get into it. Go down, like, and subscribe, comment your thoughts. And as always, this is Totally Blitz Podcast. I'm the host with my co-host. I'm Paul Pickham with him with the boss man shirt on right now. And I'm joined. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, just to let y'all don't know, Paul is wearing a Dana a T-shirt right now with Dana White's head all over it. And my boy, and it's not just Dana White. It's Dana White throughout the years. Like, like you can see young Dana White, all that. And I'm not going to lie to you. He definitely put up on me so smooth with that. So I didn't see it coming. But Paul Fresh to Death, I'm repping the brand. If you didn't know, I'm your boy, Kev Waterboy Savoy. And Powell, this 290 is probably the best card I've ever seen live. This, this card was from top to bottom insane. Early prelims, hit. Prelims, hit. Main event, the main card, bombastically hit. Main event was him. Co-main was a war. Come on, Paul. What you want to talk first on this card? This is I could talk this card for the next. This card should be brought up in barbershop. This is this card. This card. We're gonna talk the second reiteration of what we did the last week of. Uh, we called that shit. Um, Kev, Kev called that shit. He said this might be best fights of the year right here. International fight. We he hyped up this card like no other. And I would say he hit the nail on the fucking head. This, this, there was no one left unhappy. And I think this is the first time I've seen MMA Twitter universally talk about this was a five star card. Five stars. I saw people making polls, and it was like, "What do you rate this card?" And both options said five stars. And I was like, "Damn, like, <laughs> they're right. Like they, they is right right now." And then the second thing I was gonna say that uh, you we um, you called that shit is. The fucking Robbie Lawler fight, bro. I told you that boy, there's going to be, he was such a big underdog. I'm happy I sprinkled something on him. Like, he has one last fight. Homeboy knew he had one last fight. And they said, we're just going to meet in the middle and bang it out. And I said, it's, I want to be shot first round knockout. Fucking 38 seconds later, Robbie Lawler is, chan- uh, is a winner on his last fight ever in front of the, a packed out stadium in T-Mobile Arena. I ain't gonna lie to you. If I grew up watching Robbie Lawler, since I was an MMA casual when Robbie Lawler was doing his thing, I would have bawled out crying watching that. I'm not gonna. That was inspirational. He hit his ass with reckless intention, wobbled him immediately. That shit was poetic justice. And like you're watching him get to the. Because I'm a firm believer in Robbie Lawler might be a serial killer in his free time. Because like, Brett just doesn't say nothing. I feel like he has to be a psychopath on the low. He doesn't want nobody to know. So he just be quiet and just smiles. Like, the fact that him showing the emotion he did was fine. I would have cried. What about you? The tears, bro, that was, I didn't expect tears. He saw how he, he sucked that bitch right back into, like, his chest and talked on the mic normally. And, uh, but and some people's nicknames fit them perfectly. And, he has one of the best nicknames of all time now. Only because, like, not only was Ruthless a hard ass nickname, and he lived by his nickname. He never had a boring fight. 
But I'm watching the countdown, and my girl has no. She might hear now and then about the fights I'm talking about, but she don't really retain us. She don't know anything on the fights. She's watching the countdown with me, and they're showing the highlight reels of him throughout his career fucking people up. And she's like, "Damn, he's ruthless." <laughs> and, I was, and then literally the second later, you hear them go because they haven't introduced his name yet. They're just showing it like a quick ten second clips. And then they're like, Robbie, ruthless Rawler. And she looked at me and was like, I just said that. I was like, that's his nickname, is Ruthless. And like, bruh, like that, like, I don't know. I just had to bring that up here on the podcast. Because like, this nickname is fine. It fits him. People that just look at him be like, yeah, he's ruthless. And like, that, that's the essence of who Robbie Lawler was as a UFC fighter. And I'm mad that I wasn't here in the, uh, the prime time Robbie Lawler's years. Because, man, I missed the fucking man. Bro, you know what's crazy? Well, first off, shout out Jazzy. That's fucking hilarious. I appreciate you for sharing that on the podcast. But you know what's crazy? For us to say that sounds so bad because his time was from started in 02. This was 21 years, and we're literally saying, I missed it. Like, what? <laughs> I missed it. Yeah, it's good. Right. But Brad literally had a story, man. He literally came up. He literally started in UFC 37. Everybody's seen him fight. Like, I don't know. I think I don't I don't think he's on. We're gonna get into it when we watch when we talk about this fight. But shout out Robbie Lawler. We appreciate you. Thank you for everything. Everybody they say that Rory McDonald fight is the greatest fight of all time. He's a Hall of Famer. You deserve every flower that you get, man. Cheers to my dog, Robbie Rawler. And this just says, find your wins. Nice. And uh, was, what's up? I was going to say, that fucking bottle is dumb clean. I mean, that's a yeah, shout out Jerry Roll 24. He gave me this for my birthday. July 8th, International Fight Day. Y'all didn't know. Just happy nice. birthday. Happy birthday to you, man. And uh, the next fight we're going to talk here, first fight on the card that we're actually going to talk is um, Jesus Aguilar, 17-second KO. They're talking about KO of the year. First punch landed overhand right, straight to the chin, sent him to the shadow round. And I I remember I said before the fight card, I said, bro, all these Mexicans fighting on this card and ain't none of them going to win. I'm happy at least one of my boys won. Jesus Aguilar. Stand up for Mexico, bro. Right hand, put him to sleep. And they're already, they're saying KO of the year. I don't have it that high, but in the moment, I may have been shouting KO of the year. I'm not gonna lie to you. That shit was fucking lethal, dog. That shit looked like it hurt. It was so like perfect timing. It was he, so perfect. It was so perfect timing. Right. And he just stand stood over his ass too, and literally took him to took him out too. I don't know what he said right there, but I know it was disrespectful. That shit is crazy, but nah, I definitely respect him for that one. I admit it, he's definitely on my radar now because that that when it comes to nastiest finishes, that's probably one of the best. Yeah, and I'm this was like the first fight where a string of nice finishes were coming along, because then we followed up with Cameron Simon, South African, one of the. One of the two who won this card. He got himself a nice little first-round KO. Yeah, just look at him. He's pounding. At this point, I was like, ref, are you not going to stop it? Like, he's literally just, like, this is the bigger brother versus little brother when the parents ain't looking type shit. 
Duh. Like little brother, like homeboy, a little brother just snitched on big brother, and big brother's like, wait till we get to the room. And then this is what happens when they get to the room. <laughs> and, and, and like the representative came in earlier, like he's screaming for help, and the parents ain't coming, bro. Like, what are you doing? Uh, no, real talk, man. That shit was crazy. It's not our camera Simon, man. I feel like I picked him just because he, he um fucks with um he fucks with um small podcasts. But my boy showed that he's a hitter. It's that African is one of my African brothers. And then our next and our next finish, another like this was back to like fucking stacked of prospects, right? Victor Pantrino gets the submission win over Marcin Proxino. But all right, so as they're watching it, just know me personally, I don't know how you're scoring this fight, Kev, but I didn't think Petrino was winning this fight. I thought he was on his way to probably losing this fight if he doesn't get the submission. I think I was cooking during this fight, but I do remember the submission. I get a, the stats right here. So Petrino, 147 strikes to Petrino, 72. And like he doubled him in almost every category. So, um, but then uh, he ended up getting the arm triangle submission win, even though he got outstruck two to one so i i'm watching the fight i did think the other guy was probably on his way to winning so good shit on him pulling that shit late to get the arm triangle and like can, like he, he was almost like his first loss on the record in my eyes oh uh, yeah good shit for everybody yeah first first brazil win of the night we had a couple more <laughs> And then uh, the girls fight, Denise Gomez, this other Brazilian I was going to call, she gets the KO in 20 fucking seconds, bro. Fucking killed her. And it was like the first punch wobbled her. Like the first punch was clean. And then it's followed up with like 15 more. And it's like, this, that was another fight where I thought the refs were like, bro. Bro, the refs were looking like, bro, how are they getting so many finishes tonight? Because these shits have been crazy. The first I, punch wobbled her. Been a fan of Gomez, and I didn't know that's exactly who she was when we broke down the card. I sort of brought it up, but when I first seen her, she just looks like a pit bull, right? Like I was just like, she has that look to her. That's like she's a killer, and she she just be like she did that to her last opponent too, I believe. But it's just like yo, this she's a dog, and I fuck with her. Nah, no rap cap, man. But you, she won performance of the night, and I feel like I was this was a really tough night to win performance of the night. Like if they had five performance of the night bonuses. They still would have motherfucking had people talking about some what about blah blah blah. Yeah, but, they would have come short still. But you almost skipped my dog. I don't appreciate that. My dog Alonzo Menafield, he got he got the memo as guillotine season getting choked the fuck out of Jimmy Crew. I think it was a good fight. I think Jimmy Crew realized that you don't really want to strike with Alonzo Menafield. This motherfucker's big as fuck. He's mother and when he lands, that shit hurts. So Jimmy Crew tried to get the single. And Alonzo and Alonzo Menafield got the front headlock, turned that bitch to a guillotine, and now did that hoe. And it was like a guillotine, but it was really not a guillotine. But since it's guillotine season, we're gonna call it a guillotine. But like that shit was clean. And I was like, see, this big linebacker looking ass motherfucker out here fucking getting dubbed. Shout out the boy. And uh yeah, shout out Alonzo Menfield. I think one of the few Americans on the card too. He got us a dub. Mm-hmm. Japanese Tatsuo Tayara, he gets the Namus decision win over Edgar Chavez or Chavez, Chavez. And 
Tatsuya Tyar, he won. I'll give him that. But first round, he gets knocked down. Second round completely dominates, out wrestles him. So first round, after getting knocked down, he ends up winning. Uh, the, like through, uh, he gets on top and still lost the round. He got knocked down. Third round, he's looking good. Last ten, the last like twenty five seconds, he gets pieced up a little bit, a little, a little woozy on the foot. Then gets caught into a guillotine, and if there's ten more seconds, it would have been over. And some people are even arguing, like based on the criteria of damage. Submit uh knockdowns and submission like like successful submission attempts. First round definitely was Chavez's because he got the knockdown. Second round Tayeras, but the third round, some people were arguing that according to their criteria, like Chavez probably should have won because there wasn't much damage on Tayeras. Like, yeah, he dominated with time and control, but he doesn't. He's not throwing elbows on the top. He's not wailing on. You. He's just on top and like controlling you. Whereas Chavez showed moments where he could have won the fight. And other people also are saying, if anything, this should have been a draw because the two of the the all three judges gave it like a ten eight round in the second round to Tyera. Mm. And if any like people were like if anything like it should be ten, I don't know. So people were showing like it should have if anything maybe been a draw, but instead we get the Namus decision win for Tyera. I wish we would have live streamed that because I didn't even peep that. I thought Tyera won it because um. He did look, he got, he just looked good in those last two rounds. Like, he did almost get fucked up and almost lose that bitch. Ten more seconds, he would have lost that fight. So, when I watched it, I scored it for Tyera. But when you, all those points are real. Like, you could easily just say, nah, this is a draw. Like, there's no way you're giving that third round. Like, two, I could have seen two judges giving that third round to um, Chavez after the way he ended it. But that's probably, that's the closest thing we have to a robbery this motherfucking um, weekend. I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, me too. And honestly, like, Chavez's stock went up. Tyera, I mean, people are saying he's a world beater. It's kind of looking like, no, you have flaws. This is back-to-back fights where you got caught in a guillotine and kind of, like, lucked out of it. That's fucking crazy. He, he, he heard, he heard guillotine season. He just didn't go going. He, he wasn't doing nothing during guillotine defense season. You feel me? And then uh, we already hit on this fight a little bit, but we'll freshen up on it. Robbie Lawler, 38-second KO. Shout out to the legend and a good win. And like that boy showed showed the grit, showed the heart. And I mean, look at this standing in the middle, in the clinch. KO. It was so clean to me when he finished this because he just put his hands up. It was like, I always love Muhammad Ali because during um, the shadow. Look at that fucking. He he goes left hand, left hand, same left hand, uppercut, left hand, hook, KO, fight him. That's four what? left hands in a matter of a second. That shit is real, man. And the world is done. And look at my dog crying. When he cries, we all cry, they say. Those are but, tears, bro. I don't want to hear no one trying to say oh, nah, those gangs, those gangsters, those gangster tears for real. But shout out Robbie, man. I like the fact that um he just knew that he had to go out on the shield and he knew he's like, I felt good. And the only reason why he's retiring is not because he can't do it anymore, it's because like the training camp is motherfucking too grueling. Like He's doing these shits for 10 weeks at a time. Like, he doesn't enjoy that shit like he went to fight night. I bet that shit feels fucking amazing. But I don't think he's done. I like him to go to UFC. I like him to get a fight in UFC 300, no cap. Um, yeah, no, I hope so. Maybe if he, I mean, the way it's ended, I mean, he looks so good, he might get another one. But I wouldn't be mad if this is the way he, he goes out. 
But they said, um, they was talking shit because they was like, damn, Dana. Like, I mean, there's a couple other motherfuckers that said it was going to be their last fight. Like, why you why you ain't do a tribute for them boys and shit? And then he was like, nah, this is something me and Robbie have been talking for over, um, talking about over for over um, a few months. Like, it's been a while now. We knew for sure. We just got it ready for him. And you know what kind of crazy to me is because this fight ended in 38 seconds and then the the next fight ended in 38 seconds. Nah, for real, it's crazy. So like, let's get to it, man. Yeah, you can't even make that shit up. A Bo Nickel, 38-second KO. Um, the starting card. Over, what's his name? Over Val Woodburn, who's a fill-in, fill-in, fill-in. And, I mean, 38-second KO and, like, People kept saying, oh, he's going to get the sub. He's going to get the sub. I took him on verdict. It was like a fucking plus 800 odds on verdict, basically 8 to 1. And for him to get the KO, and I took first round, I had massive XP coming out for that fight. I think I got like 3,000 XP just for that. And I I was just like, I, I really think, yeah, he can submit him, but like, Bo Nickel can kind of like the strike. And I keep hammering the fucking horn. I'm like, right, he is probably like, in my eyes, there's just no way of stopping this guy. Like he's just he's gonna be the best wrestler in the division by far. And then he's he's long, he's big, he fills out the weight, and he seems to actually have hands, which is just a deadly combo. No, nah, that's real shit. I mean, he came in the perfect timing. He's looking like he's literally demolishing everybody. And I mean, Val Woodburn, like I've been saying. It sucks to be coming from a non-UFC um, promotion and then motherfucking comes. To, I'd rather you go to the contender series first before you come straight into the UFC type shit and then going against somebody that's a hitter like that. But Bo Nichols showed in his last two fights he's not taking any damage. He's fucking killing. He's killing motherfuckers. If you're not supposed to be in the ring with him, he's going to show you. You're not supposed to be in the octagon. He's going to let you know. So shout out him for showing that he has hands too. He is the truth. He is the real deal. And I just want to, and it's just like, I just want to see where is his level ground? Like, is it in the top 15 immediately? Is it right out? Is it in the top seven? Do we need to see him versus Sean Strickland? Like, what the fuck is going on? Dana White says there is no rush to put him into the top 15. Mm-hmm. I wish and you, and he's only had two. Three, he's only had two fights before the UFC and two fights in the UFC. But I just don't like him openly saying that because now it just sounds like you're going to slow roll him and we're going to have to see two or three more fights like this. When there, he should get step up. I'm not saying get a fucking Sean Strickland neck or a top 15 guy, but there's guys from 20 to 25 that are names that like people know and would actually be an actual test for him. But if you keep giving these fill-in fighters that you're pulling off of these other promotions, like, it's going to be more, basically, it's keeping one of the contender series at that point, in my opinion. Nah, see, Dana Dana has a plan, see, and this is going to fuck him over, because he's going to go too slow, and you're going to run into the new hitter at 185, but Dana has a plan, he's going to take him there nice and slow, let Izzy get a little old, you feel me, let whoever, let them kill each other at the top of the division, and then you just have your nice bow nickel. We're probably going to have like one or two losses. Go in there and wrestle the fuck out of the motherfuckers. Wrestle the fuck out of somebody out of a division who is ran by strikers. Motherfucking. And now you got a champion. And now you can say you have a four-time NCAA champion as your motherfucking middleweight champion. Dana White knows what he's doing. I believe it. I, 
I believe boss, man. But it's the thing. I think it's going to fuck him over because Bo might catch one or two L's because there are some hitters in that division. And if you're not used to fighting against hitters, especially when you start, especially when he starts main event and shit, because I feel like he's going to start main event and shit early and start main event and fight nights and shit like that. I don't know, man. I mean, shit, we saw, we saw Pierre, Alex Piero fight for a title in his fourth, fourth or fifth fight. That's all I'm saying. They, Dana White knew what he was doing. All and I'm it saying, was, bro. I'm saying. It, it, it hit. It hit, didn't it? Dana White knows what he's doing. He Hunter, and, and Hunter, Hunter knows what they got going on, mate. And then our next fight, split decision, which I think the judges got right. Dan Hooker beating Jalen Turner. And what was a fuck? What would have been the best fight on this card if it wasn't for the co-main event? But fuck, man. This was a fucking – this set the tone, for, I feel like. Like, other things are setting the tone, too, but, like, like because those other fights were dominant performances, first round KOs, people like submitting people. This was dominance being show. This fight was a legit back and forth fucking barn burner right here, and it, it was good start to finish. And I think Dan Hooker won. I think he like round two and three. He showed a lot of fucking heart because there was moments in that first round I thought he was done for. He got cut open. He was, but this is back to back weeks where someone's bleeding in their hair, and the hair's a different color now. And he fucking gritted through it and was looking like landing the better shots in the second and third round and kind of had Jalen Turner, like his body language has changed. Like Dan Hooker looked like he was here for war and I would die as I'm swinging these. Whereas Jalen Turner was kind of like, fuck, man, this kind of hurts. Like, let me not like exchange that much anymore. Like, let me change my game plan. Whereas Dan Hooker was kind of like, I'm willing to die right now. Same game plan, same everything. Yeah, I fuck with it. It's these Australians, man. What I've learned is that there aren't too many crazy Australians. They are, they are some, but there aren't too many crazy. The chill, reserved, quiet, the just I'm ready to fight ass motherfuckers. Cause I remember watching Jake. Um, I'm hot. What's the bro's name? Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker on the um on Izzy's on is the Freestyle Bender channel, and. He just was there when he went over his fight. He was like, Yeah, I plan on, I'm want to win. Yeah, like he was just chilling. So I didn't think he was really ready to come and kill. But there's just like a switch that turned on because I think it was literally a, ten, a, a fight of two halves. Like the first half of the fight, the first round, and I think the first minute and a half of the second round, he was getting fucked up. Jalen Turner knew what he was doing and he was holding it down. And I'm like, See, I fucking told you. Fucking just the, the egg on your head segment. I fucking told you this isn't. You're not CKB for real. But then that CKB light switched on. And his chin is something different. First off, the second round motherfucking rear naked choke. If he had eight more seconds, he didn't even need a whole 10. If he had eight more seconds, the fight's over. Fight's done right there. Boom. Submission of the night. But motherfucking Jalen Turner survived. I was saved by the bell in the um, second round from the rear naked choke. Didn't tap out. And I think that's why in the third round he just came like a little bit more timid because he wasn't expecting Dan to really put him in a position and hurt him. And like Dan just he took everything Jalen Turner get, to gave him. He took the fucking head kick to the fucking a couple jaw. head kick, man. Ate them bitches. No problem. Kept him. He fucked up his wrist in like the first or second round, like and still fucking battling out one that bitch. So shout out Dan Hooker. He showed that he's really. CKB for life. You feel me? But no, that was a great fucking fight. And I like the respect they have for each other, like flicking up in a hospital. That was a hard pick. I did enjoy that. 
But fuck, man, this next fight, I, I, I said this is the fight that potentially could shake the Twitter world. And it fucking shook the Twitter world. Didn't go how I thought it was going to go. Didn't go how you thought it was going to go. But it didn't go how a lot of people thought it would go. But Drikas Duplessis getting a KO win over Robert Whitaker. And shout out that boy Tom who stood his ground and he stood on it. Like, watch, come July 8th, y'all going to owe me a lot of apologies when Drikas wins. And Drikas not only won, but he looked good doing it. He dropped his ass with like a judo flip. Um, and then fucking gets the KO in the second round and, like, really hurt him kind of KO. It wasn't like a, oh, maybe they shouldn't have stopped it. It was like, nah, like, homie's feet left him, bro. Like, yeah, like, where, where am I right now? Hold on. I'm still fighting? He's not throwing nothing back. He, bro, he's just trying his best to stand. Right, you know how hard he's got a hit for Robert Whitaker to buckle like that? It's crazy, man. So this is my African brother. What's up, nigga? Motherfucking Drickers be plessies. What's up, nigga? But I mean, we all owe we all owe DDP an apology, and we gotta start referring him as DDP because he be killing shit. But I I'm, I'm not even gonna lie to you. It is what it is. I just I remember you and me watching, talking about this, thinking like, yo, what if he does win? What if he did win? Like, what if he Because, like, what I wasn't ready for, when the first thing I saw was the massive size difference. I was like, oh, I didn't know he was that big. But no problem. No big deal. And it wasn't. I feel like the beginning of the fight, Robert Whitaker was winning. Like, the first three minutes, what you could, Robert Whitaker was holding it down. And then Duplessis, just the, his game plan was nice coming in softball. Motherfucking, he gets the takedown, something that nobody really does to Robert Whitaker. And then he catches him in the second. Like, his style is unorthodox and crazy, but it works, and it gets wins. So, like, shout out my African brother, man. I, I, I don't think I was on his ass too bad, but I apologize if I said that he was counted out and not wish. I feel I have nothing but respect for anybody that bet money at DDP and their parlays because, boy, you got you got one. He just beat the number – he just beat somebody in the pound-for-pound rankings. Bro, the boogeyman, the the people who who we were saying, if it wasn't for Izzy Whitaker would be the, the guy in this division right now. Not only the guy, but, like, beating everyone. So, not only beat him, but just destroyed him. Like, and, like – what? I will say this. I, I, Robert Whitaker, I feel like there's been too much. They were calling him Robert Shittaker in certain chats. Like, like, I feel like there's been a lot of Robert Whitaker, Whitaker slander for like DDP showed that he had a great style. He's bigger than, he showed that he came in ready to fight. He came in ready to win. He had a great game plan and he hits like a fucking truck. I think Robert Whitaker looked a little bit off. It was an off night and we can't forget. Motherfucking, how long has it been since Robert Whitaker fought Vittori? Like, Vittori damn near fought twice since motherfucking. Cam near gave Vittori two ass whoopings in that fight. Damn near. This so, like. Two nostril DDP is legit a mythical oxygenated, fighter, bro. Oxygenated Drickus 
This is dangerous motherfucker. So shout out DDP. But now let's get into the motherfucking after the fucking fight. This was great entertainment right here. What's up, nigga? What's up, nigga? <laughs> Hey, I, I'm going to ask you, Kev, because a lot of MMA Twitter, because there's that picture of Drekus when he has the mic in his hand when they're face-to-face, and people are like, I didn't know what he was about to say right here. <laughs> like, just like, like, people were like, I don't I was, well, I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, what he trying to say? And then a lot of people were like, it would have been better if he said it. People were like, hey, what if DDP did say it? It would have went crazy. I'm just telling you what the Twitter streets are saying. If he had said that shit, I'm pulling up to Vegas to pay that man. If Whitaker couldn't do it, I got it. But, nah, I mean, it was crazy. I think Izzy, it was, I feel like if nobody stock dropped, I will say that. Nobody stock dropped. And I just think it was pure entertainment because did you see that? See, people didn't see that Izzy was like, had a conversation with Dana, like, yo, I'm going, like, I'm going this shit. And I'm thinking, like, is he drunk? He comes out of now that I look back at, I think that's genuinely what people do when they hop in the cage. Cause, like, I think Dana's just like not, Dana's over this shit at this point. Cause think about it. The last time this happened, Sean O'Malley and, um, Sean O'Malley and Algermain. Like, that's just the energy motherfuckers come in with. They just come lit, hyped. My thing was after the fucking DDP got the um, knockout, it was just the look. They, the camera immediately turned to Izzy. Oh, Izzy's the look just, that was that was guys. That was like WWE <laughs> perfect camera work. That shit was crazy nice. I mean, the anime wouldn't have hit that bitch that hard. I mean, like that shit. Look, and so they had to let him go in the ring after that one, and they didn't fight. Shout out that. I mean, he said nigga what fifteen times with Donald Trump in the building. I mean, but I. <laughs> hey, Donald but, Trump, and I, I was just about to bring it up. Like, first of all, I don't know how he missed, but Donald Trump was in that big. And after DDP won, he jumped the cage, went over to Donald Trump, gave him a quick little dab up. And I don't know what the people, they, they don't say what he said, but I'm pretty sure what he said. I think he told Donald Trump, like, don't worry, bro. Africa fucked with you the long way. And then the lot walked off, bro. That boy DDP speaking for Africa. He said, bro, there's no Africa got your back, big dog. And then jump back in the cage. I'm fucking crying, but that was pure entertainment. I mean, Dana wasn't mad about it. Because they, they asked him at the press conference, they was like, How do you feel about um Izzy saying the N-word? And he's like, What people bitching about it? Like what who fucking cares? He's black. Like he he said that without saying that. Like I think he said those exact words, but he maneuvered it like who fucking cares? He's He's, like, you feel me? Like, and that shit killed me. I was like, okay, as long as Dana White ain't mad out, now I can go into the ring talking about something. What's up, nigga? What's up? Well, see, I, I enjoyed her response to that one, but there were, because they asked the question before that. It was basically, like, before that one, and they were just like, how do you feel about, like, the race, the race uh, connotation that's going on between the fighters? And he's just like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like I was like, bro, you know what the fuck they talking about? Like, don't fucking sit here and act like, you know, what are you talking about? And then they hit him with that, like, he said the N-word, and then that's what he hit with that, with that great little quote, basically. It was like, bro, he's fucking black. He, he can say that. Like, fucking move uh-huh. up. Yeah, that's it. was fine. But, uh, I like, you know me, I'm a big fan of being cases, so they hit him with the meanest. But the next fight, 
potential fight of the year, and my ballot right now is fight of the year. But I have to, you know, I have to go. There's a lot of fights this year. I have to go back and really go dig deep. But right now, this is the fight of the year for me. Alexander Pantoja is the new flyweight champion, being Brandon Moreno for technically the second time, but and everyone knows it's the third time. But new champion, and I'm gonna say right now, it was super gangster when he said. Because his mother raised him and his brother by himself. And he just looked at the camera and was like, are you proud of me now, Dad? Are you proud of me now? I was like, damn, bro, that's kind of gangster, bro. He, like, he's he, he living the moment. Like, he's legit. Like, this is – he probably thought about that a hundred times. Like, one day I'm, I'm going to become fucking champion of the world, and I'm going I'm to make him fucking regret not staying around. And bro. he did that shit. Bro, Bruce Buffer is incredible. I swear. Like the way he could just, the way that he just played that with the end. No! Like, oh my gosh. Bruce Buffer is the best. Camino scores a contest. 48 47 for the winner by split decision. Bruce Buffer is fucking incredible. There's nobody better than Bruce. But shout out, um, shout out Pantoja for getting the dub for this fucking fight. I think this shit was a straight up war. I think it, um Brandon Marino what broke his hand in like the second round or something. No excuses though. He's fucking still put on a motherfucking all time brawl. Like this shit was crazy. But I just respect Pantoja because Pantoja knew what he needed to do to win. I think. A lot of people were trying to say that it was four one Pantoja cap, but um, more two, I, had it, I think I think the two first two rounds could have went either way, but I would have gave them to Moreno, and I think Pantoja realized that he was realized that and he was like, "Yo, bro, I'm finna motherfucking wrestle. Like, this is the one thing I know I can get on, bro." And then he Brandon Moreno, I feel like was moving cautiously because once his hand was motherfucking broken, two. He's been finished in these positions before, so he's just kind of doing it. And Pantoja backpacked the way to the dub. But when they they were going back and forth, this was literally a fucking brawl. Like, fuck. I had had the first round clear-cut Pantoja. Second round clear-cut Moreno. Third round is when it got a little hazy. Because Moreno did outstrike him, but I thought Pantoja won the round with with his control when he took him to the mat. And when he was landing shots, because Moreno would land like three or four shots, but when Pantoja landed one or two, you saw it. Like it kind of like made Moreno take a step back. And then the fourth and uh, fourth round, I honestly, uh, like fourth round, it was close again. But I still thought probably I that one I was, I could have gave it to Moreno. But fifth round, I thought was all Pantoja, especially when he took his back for the last like minute and a half. Like okay, like this is all him. So I had a three-two Pantoja. I still think it's – I honestly thought this may have been a draw when it went to the cards. I was like, I wouldn't be shocked if this is a draw. We get the rematch because this was such a fucking great fight. Like, I, I wouldn't even be mad. Like, it was similar to Figgy Moreno. Like, I'm not mad if this goes to a draw and I get a fucking rematch because, man, that was a fucking war. And uh, we, But we got a new champion. And another little side note is Pantoja was driving for Uber Eats up until his last uh, two fights ago when he got the performance of the night bonus, 50K against Brandon Roy Wall. Then he quit his job and went straight up to UFC full-time. But that's just to show you about, like, 
Sony's like these UFC fighters sometimes it's like make it or go home like type shit. Like they really put it all and you sometimes you can really see it when they fight. And like Pantoja's is someone who I feel like I can see it or I can see somebody not wanting to go back to being on the fucking Uber Eats. And I mean, I wanna see honestly, I don't care to see Amir Arbazi, I don't care to see Kai Car France, I don't care to see any of these other flyweights again, I want to see Moreno get the rematch, go right into that. I don't give a fuck. I don't care who has who he's skipping in the lineup. I don't give a fuck. Give me the rematch. I like it, man. I mean, Pantos is him. He did exactly what he needed to do. And it was crazy to me because I went into the fifth round and I was like, yo, this could be 2-2 right now. And 46-49 Moreno is crazy. But we're not even going to get it. That, one was, that, that card right there, that part – I, I had the name of the person. It wasn't Sal. It was someone else. And I was just like, that motherfucker yeah. got to be checked. Yeah, that 46 49 is crazy. But it was that fifth round, man. And when he took his back, I was like, I, it would have been the equivalent to a motherfucking um, a football coach throwing his hat, like knowing his team fucking gave up the touchdown or like gave up the big. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> he just throws that bitch on the ground. Yeah, he throws that bitch and walks off because I was like, fuck. Once I seen him take his back, I was like, oh. Yeah, he just fucking is- throws the hat, walks off, looks at the other guy. They, they don't want to win. They don't want to win. <laughs> They're not like, trying to win. I was just like, fuck. Once he threw that, once he put, got back, because I was like, bro, Pantoja, you fucking, you're a fucking, the whole time I'm over here just gaining more and more respect for Pantoja. I'm like, Pantoja, you're a fucking dog. You're a fucking killer. you fucking him. But like, Moreno, I need you to dig deep. I didn't know his hand was broken, but I'm like, Moreno, I need you to dig deep. And he fucking dig deep and fucking keep that fight that close and with a broken hand. So I don't want to see the rematch immediately. I want to see my dog get better. I want to see him beat some fuck out of somebody else and then go into it. But I'm not tripping if he does because everybody's wanting to see that fight again. I just think if he, if they fight immediately and like, he has them figured out in the sounds because it just looks like Pantoja has his number. Like when everything's going good, you break your hand. Like you feel me? Like Pantoja just has his number. We've seen it. We've seen it in a lot of different divisions. So I want us to see like maybe one or two fights away from it, and then Moreno go ahead and get that championship back again. Because a lot of people are coming at Moreno because he never had a title defense before. So this is the thing with I I want one main reason I want to see next is because the next people in line would be Brandon Royval, who already beat him, already beat him, got performance of the night on his ass. He's already beaten Kai Car France. He hasn't beat, he hasn't beaten Amir Abazi, but Amir Abazi just now is cracking the top like six five. So like I like maybe off a round yeah. So like does he really get that shot next? And if after that, I feel like there's a Amir, not Amir Bazi, but the um, there's another uh, Askarov. Askarov lost to um, Kai Car France, and but he did. I think he believe I believe he had a draw with Pantoja. I could be wrong, but he uh, that's the other guy. But he hasn't been active all year, or like he wasn't active since the Kai Car France fight. So he's kind of like kind of missing. So yeah, so Kai Car France hasn't fought him yet, but Kai Car France is down in the division after losing to Al Bazi property, but nobody gonna trip. And he lost to Askarov, so that's a fight to make. But nah, you definitely have a point. Like that is the best fight to make in that division and like kind of end that chapter. Like 
fuck it. Give give motherfucking um Brandon Moreno another quadrilogy. And I think even if Pantoja gets a win on then, I think we will, like we're saying like oh Moreno, he just has Moreno's number. But I think that's discrediting Pantoja. I think Pantoja may have everybody's number. Like I just know how like good he looks. I because. I he mean, looks like he, hard you, for that he can submit the best. Like he submitted Brandon Royval, and everyone gives Brandon Royval all his credit on the ground. And it's just like this man really, and he Brand, and Moreno, we give credit for his boxing. We saw Pantoja go fucking like, like punch for punch with him. Like so, I'm just like he might have everybody's number, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's real. I mean, that boy got a that boy got a phone with a lot of contacts. Like he got a lot of numbers, but. Shout out Pantoza. Shout out to Brazil. It was fun seeing Charles Oliveira and Gilbert Burns, their motherfucking reactions to that fucking win. The Brazilians, man, they got nothing but love for each other. I love to see it. And um, shout out motherfucking um, the kids. You seen how many kids? I guess those were um, Gilbert Burns' kids, too. But that was just a beautiful moment. Even Gilbert I, Burns? I, just, I think Gilbert Burns is crying. It was just happy yes, for the homie. Yes, yes. They, bro, it was a beautiful moment. I love to see it. Brandon Moreno get better, man. You want to see you with that belt again. But damn, shout yeah. out my fucking. Let's get on to the fucking. So, I even don't get all these bald heads on my shirt right now. He's ain't the best bald head in the UFC. There are numeral uno cue ball of the UFC. Is this an egg on your head moment? Fuck no, because I said both the Mexicans are losing in these fights. Okay, okay, okay. I oh, said so I'll be I, rooting for the Mexicans, but I and you 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 threw shame on me. You said, "Oh, you're not going for your your brother." I said, "Fuck no, bro! <laughs> fucking Pantoja's a demon, and Volkanovski's gonna beat the shit out of so, y'all here." <laughs> so I had the egg on my head for picking Moreno. No, you picked. Yeah, you picked Moreno. Yeah, you definitely did. <laughs> but Volk, Volk, not Alexander the Great. I don't. I, I, in my eyes, the greatest UFC featherweight of all time, and. I don't know what more does he have to do to move up the greatest of all time ever list. Like, I, this is me trying not to be biased or anything because people will have Habib, John Jones, fucking, uh, some people even have like fucking Hoist Gracie up there, Anderson Silva. And I understand like all these are great names and Demetrius Johnson, Fedor. But like, when, when are we going to stop being like, we can't hold nothing against him. Like, you, like, He's beating everyone. If you were to say, okay, Yair's not that good. Okay, well, he was the best thing coming since fucking sliced bread a, a week ago. Um, fucking T. Oh, he beat Korean Zombie. That's old. Okay, that's not on him. That's matchmaking. Okay, he beat Max Holloway, which y'all were already considering the best featherweight beforehand. But like, I guess beating him three times doesn't really matter that much. Like, when are we gonna stop like bullshit and really just start realizing like we're witnessing probably pound for pound arguably one of the best fighters ever, and He's not only beating them, but he's beating like the shit out of them. Like he's finishing people. He's not just going to decisions. And he does go to decisions. Some people are saying, like, bro, he beat the shit out of him. Like it's not even a close decision. It ain't no Johnny Hendricks, John Jones. It's no Chell Sonnen, Anderson Silva. Like even even the Brian Ortega that almost caught him a couple times. Those are early in the fight. And he still finished that round with a fucking TKO win. Like, he was getting – he almost got submitted twice and then still finished that same round with a TKO. 
Like, I just don't know what more can this man do to, like, so because we're running out of people for him to fight. We're, we're, like, some people think he beat Islam. Like, if he would have beat Islam, was that was that the moment we would have been like, okay, this guy's probably top five all time? I'm some people. Yeah, and there's a lot of people with their hand raised right now listening that are saying, I'm people too, Kev. Yeah, we Not fuck me, with though. Y'all. Viva la Islam. We, we, we fuck with y'all, man. And damn them dirty Islam fans. Because I remember the night of, everybody was like, man, I think Islam lost that shit. And then they rewatched it. And they were like, yeah, I got Izzy. I got Everyone Islam. knows the rewatch. The rewatch is what matters, bro. The rewatch. Yeah. Fuck y'all. But I understand. I'm, we're not going to get into it. But the thing about Volkis, he's not losing rounds, man. Like, I don't think I've yet to see him lose a round since becoming an MMA, um, an MMA fan. Like, he is that guy. Like, he's doing what Khabib was doing. And, like, I remember just – I didn't – I don't think I called this in the um, in the preview, but I remember just thinking, like, I like Volk to get the win with a ground and pound. Like, I like the Volk to really fuck some shit up. And El Pantera is him. We can't lie about it. But the way that Volk just showed, like, yo, there's nobody in this division fucking with me. It was he's more- just that guy. He's over here looking at his hands afterwards, like, huh, I'm really him. Like, and then people was talking shit because, like, like Volk is known for like being like, oh, good job, man. When the nigga, when the nigga really catches him, and then he was like, he was like, they got, they was talking shit, and he was like, yeah, bro, you should see that. Like, I'm more shocked that he got one. He wasn't even supposed to get one. Right. <laughs> and, and like with that, also like Yair, no discredit to him, but I remember when we we're making the picks, I was saying like. Bro, like, Max Holloway was out striking him. And what I just saw Volk do to Max Holloway, like, there's it seemed like levels to this shit at that point. And I was just like, when the Max outstruck him, I mean, you can't make MMA math, but at the same time, I was just like, bro, I can't overlook the way Volk did Max and how Max and Yair had, like, a fun fight. And Yair, like, I stopped picking people when I started hearing, and you start realizing the only time people could, like, because you can't say he's a better striker than uh, Volk. So they were saying things like, he's a, like, he's uh, one of the craziest strikers, one of the more creative. Unpredictable. Unpredictable. You start hearing these words get tossed around instead of, like, he's the better striker. So then when that shit starts happening, you're like, like, I just take a mental note on that now. That's like, bro, like, that's when they start running out of things to say. Cause there ain't nothing you're doing better than homie you're about to fight. So we're going to say, because you do have some fun finishes. Like the T, the Korean zombie elbow, probably one of the greatest KOs I've ever seen personally. That shit is nasty. The fucking, the jumping high knees. But when I'm watching you do that to these people, I'm just like, you're not doing that to Volkanovski, bro. Like you are not doing that to Volk. Like Volk doesn't get caught with shit like that. For you to catch Volk, you have to be refined a really good striker. You had to be really refined and beat him to the punches. Beat him in the spots where he's already going to be. You're not going to be able to catch him with one of those jumping high knee kicks because Volk is too fundamentally sound for you to catch him with one of those. No, that's fact. I mean, and I think because Volk also understood that, he treated this like this was a fight. That he motherfucker, this was gonna be the most dangerous fight he's ever been in because this guy has everything to lose type shit. Like Volk is the motherfucking truth, and then like you see what happens when he takes this shit serious, and you see there's a level that you can't beat. 
So, shout out Vote. He's number one for real. This isn't a game. And who do you think he fights next? Because like, it's Emporia. They had the face off as they walked out. People were talking about because. So this is the rumors in the rumor mill. Islam needs a fight for Abu Dhabi. He's been waiting. He's it's been known he will fight Abu Dhabi. Charles Oliveira came out and said, like, yeah, I'm not gonna be ready to fight in October. It'd be more December. So now it's like, holy fuck, who are we gonna get the fuck? Because we said Ben Nash versus Oliveira winner gets Islam. Now we're kind of like, okay, people were like, okay, we'll get Volk. Volk's trainer came out the day after the fight saying, oh, he tore uh something in his elbow. He'll be out six to uh, he's gonna be out for like six months, basically. So he's not gonna be around. So people were assuming, oh, maybe we'll get the Volk Islam rematch at Abu Dhabi. But that's out the window. So now it's fully looking like, especially if it's gonna be six, I think they say six to eight months. So if it if it could be, let's just say six months, keep it safe. Taporia is that type of guy. I could see him fight one more fight. Nah, it's just six to eight weeks, not six to eight months. Oh, six to eight weeks? Uh huh. Oh, if it's six to eight weeks, then he might be able to make it for Abu Dhabi. So yeah, it was the it was the card in um in Sydney that they were talking about he wasn't gonna be able to make. But okay, okay, crazy enough to take that fight in Abu Dhabi. But I doubt it. I think if they're smart, they'll do Gate, the winner of Gate, Gate Poirier. Well, so then we're getting Dana White came out and said that for Illa Taporia, he likes the Illa Taporia fight, and he said that he's already looking for the Illa Taporia fight and he's considering to do it in Spain. Yes, because that'd be crazy lit. I think Volkanovski is that type of gangster who doesn't give a fuck if it's in your backyard or not. And I, I would love, and I would think it'd be even more of a gangster move because I said this with the Charlo Canelo thing with Marcus. Have that bitch in Spain. Pack that bitch full with your Spaniards. Watch Volkanovski come out with a cheer of roar and then have you come out to a booze in your own place. That's gangster to the, the highest level when it comes to the fighting. And I think Volkanovski is one of those few fan favorites where it doesn't matter if it's in your backyard. They'll probably still be rooting for a homeboy against you. I look I look at it, right? So just because we we're at UFC Miami, remember when Alex walked by, walked in? Nobody said nothing. Like everybody was so lit for Izzy. We were vibing, we were chilling. We were like, let's go. Gilbert Burns was going crazy. Roy Masvidal, we was lit. But when Alex walked by, we were quiet. Not dead silent, but quiet. Nobody had nothing to say. I think that's the aura Volk is going to give to that fight. In Spain, he was going to give an arrow. Don't fuck with me. I'm here to kill your boy. And it's either you're going to hate it or love it. But regardless, this is what I was going down. Shit, I don't know, bro. I feel like he'll. I feel like Volk's gonna come out with some fire ass song. We can't. The crowd can't do nothing but cheer. Nah, that shit's gonna be fine. But it's going. It's interesting, man. But shout out Volk. That's the fight I do want to see, and they can make it in Spain. That make that bitch even cooler. The but it was odds funny. already came out for that fight. Oh, nice. Let me see if I have him in front of me. I but it, it was it was funny, motherfucking Volk was telling off Ariel. It was like. My one, it was literally probably because Ilya Taporia was on Ariel Hawaii on Monday, and then Volk ended up get, hopping on like on some on some last minute shit, and then he was like, "Please, Ilya Taporia, don't fight Max. Just do me one favor and don't fight Max." So if he's thinking Max is boxing the fuck out, 
I know Volk is ready for this motherfucker. I can't seem to find the odds, but I want to say because they were closer than the Yair odds. I want to say Volkanovski was like minus 300. Oh, here they are. Volkanovski minus 240 to Poria plus 200. Let my dog clean out the division. Fuck up motherfucking support. That's crazy, those odds. Fuck up to Poria. Let Arnold Allen get a couple W's somewhere. Go fuck up Islam. Come back. Fuck up motherfucking Arnold Allen. Go fucking um, go back to um, lightweight. Go fade Charles Oliveira. Come back. That's what I want to see. I'm not going to lie to you. If Islam, not even, if Volkanovski, in my eyes, stays in the division, doesn't even move, and he just he he, he fights the Poria next, beats him in Spain, and then let's say he fucking says fuck it, I'll give Max Holloway another fight, and I beat him again, and then it's like okay, Arnold Allen, and he pulls like a fucking he does he he does um he, uh he wasn't called he does the full circle like he just fuck he runs the block again he says fuck it Arnold Allen even though you lost the max I'll give you a fight next and then busts his ass again but at that point I'm just like bro like, he's top five all the time nah he's so this is where what's gonna make both top five right well you can't he's undeniable because he's really gonna be top three he's gonna go he's gonna he's gonna beat supporter clean out his division he's gonna go beat he's gonna go to one fifty five beat Islam. Then he's going to come back. And there's going to be a guy named Aljamain Sterling in his division, former Bantamweight champ. You're going to beat him. And then it's like, you can't oh, say. Oh, I forgot about Aljo. Yeah, so he beats Max in all day. Oh, and I'm pretty sure he's already um because he beat Jose Aldo too, didn't he? So he's being Jose. He'll say that his record resume would be he beat Jose Aldo, Islam Makachev, motherfucking Max Holloway. Um... And yeah, is young. Like Deport is twenty four years old. Let's say Volk retires and he goes on to become. Because some people say your resume can get better after you retire, depending on who you beat and what they do with their career. So if yeah. he retires and then Topora goes on and has a crazy run, or any one of these fuckers that he's already beaten goes on a run, like it just look good on his resume. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he and Chad Mendez, bro. Come but, on, man. But with the also. So like I said, like how your your resume can age well with the people you be and how they do. But in the same sense, a lot of fans like you, Kev, believe he won the Islam fight. So let's say he goes another five, six fights. He beat Aljo. He beats Arnold Allen. He beats Max again. And then, and then maybe just like uh, Illa Teporia, that's four. And then we might get a fifth fifth fight, someone else that comes up the ranks. right? He, and he fin- then he retires, right? He retires off into the wind. When we rethink his resume ten years from now, and we and we're talking about his all-time great status, I don't think there's gonna be many people that hold that L against him with Islam at all. The, they're gonna be like, when you grade the resume, I think they're gonna grade it as a win. They're gonna be like, he went up in weight, he arguably won that fight and got hold, and I don't think that he has anything to really prove it. Like you know, because if he goes up to one fifty-five again, and let's say Islam submits him in the third round. Now we'll never that now that doesn't age anymore. Like that that first fight doesn't age anymore. Like that shit's dead. But if he just leaves one fifty five at rest and he just submits himself at featherweight, I think he could really. It doesn't matter if he goes up again. Like we'll all we'll age that performance as like where he probably won that fight. And 
And with Lil uh, Bo, I think Volkanovski is such a warrior that he doesn't like seeing that L. And he's gonna he's gonna be like, I'm gonna write this wrong before I go. I think he's gotta go avenge it. And it's also because I'm coming with him. But the biggest reason why I say he should avenge it is because if you look at Valentina Shevchenko, nobody really like for nobody really remembers how close those fights were and Amanda Nunez was. Like it's just like oh two L's. That's true. I will also say though that's like women's MMA, and that was like women's MMA, especially like five years ago. Mm, that's true. So it's, was... not, it's not the same audience of people that were women because people still remember that Johnny Hendricks, Johnny, uh, that Johnny Hendricks GSP fight. Yeah, people still remember that Dominic Reyes John Jones fight, but Don, but I mean John Jones kind of buried that now that he's came up that heavyweight, and no one really cares about that fight anymore. But like people still remember the GSP Johnny Hendricks fight, and like. That Michael Bisping win never washes away that. Oh, yeah. But let's get it, man. Yeah, I'm going to say, we, we've been kind of dialing in. we talked a lot. But, I mean, there ain't nothing really else to really say on this card. I feel like we hit everything on the head. We broke down all the subs, all the KOs, all the decisions. We broke down every damn near every struck a fight on this card. It was International Fight Week, so what else could we do? It was my birthday. Fucking, I had Dan White, boss man, on my body right now. Like to shout out UFC, shout out UFC for real, for real. This, this, this was a card. This, this is that one card I think that could hold you over for a little while. I could hold you over for a Holly home fight night. Nah, it's gonna hold me over until Gaethje versus Fourier. And did you see the news with that? He's saying that whoever wins that fight. He apart he Dana White's thinking about putting Dana uh putting Jorge Masvidal to crown them with the belt. They better motherfucking Jorge's the motherfucking owner of that shit. But that's been a motherfucking UFC two ninety nine. Definitely a fucking cracker of a card. Motherfucking shot. We saw everything that we wanted to see, man. Whole lot of violence, whole lot of drama, whole lot of dog shit. And we're going to motherfucking catch you on the next one. If you didn't know, I don't mind telling you again that this has been a Totally Blitz podcast. My name is Kev Waterbuster Boy. I'm in this bitch with Paul Pickham when I'm concert. And we're going to bring it to you every motherfucking week. So make sure you stay tuned. And don't forget that you's a bitch.